up, everybody? Welcome to The Fuckery with Leslie Jones and Lenny Marcus. I'm Lenny Marcus. And I'm Leslie Jones. And this is the podcast where our mission is to keep it 100 at all times. We talk about the fuckery going on in the world and in our lives, and we have plenty of it this week for sure. <laughs> but we're going to have a whole lot of fun doing it. This week in studio, we've got a great stand-up comedian, writer, and producer, Greg Fitzsimmons, on the show. Oh, oh I can't God. wait. And we got our last segment, of course, the fuckery of the week. But let's catch up first. What the fuck is up? Leslie, let me start. I couldn't get in the building. Yes, I, was gonna, <laughs> I can't I get just, in the building. I, people need to understand when I'm not the one complaining and Lenny is, <laughs> that's a real problem. That's that's when the problem has gotten above me. We, we have all week to get me in this building, the building. And then they got forms to fill out once you get it. Like, holy shit, Lenny, we're going to do this every Lenny, week. Remember my face. How many people you look like? You look like That's the, the most normal white male yeah. cisgender motherfucker I think, ever. I would be like, I, who is this guy? His name is I Lenny. Think that's why there's. I think they're scared I'm going to shoot up the building because I look just no, too normal. You don't look like you're going to shoot up the building, but you do look like you're going to do some taxes while you're in that motherfucker. That's for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm here for the audit. Ah, he's here. Yeah, don't let him in. That's what you look like. You're here for the audit. <laughs> like you're in disguise and shit. Like I'm going to sneak in on these motherfuckers and yeah, be like, that's ah. why <laughs> he's coming. I see him. Oh my God, it's that guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. So they finally got me in the building. Like, uh, God forbid, that got him like then, 20 minutes early. And then tell them, and know? tell them that about the clock situation because you got to see a fucking the clock. clock so, we so now they're like, we're going to move minutes. your seat. I liked my seat last week, and we're going to move your seat to the other side. This is the same studio we're in last week, finally. And I go to the other side, all the clocks are behind me, so I can't see how to time the show. And you so know, he's like, you want to move to the other side? Well, why did we move to the other side to begin with? And you know, I mean, you know what a nerd is without time, right? That's right. Chaos. Got to keep it. Got to keep it on time, Leslie. <laughs> got to keep it on time. Such a <laughs> nerd voice. Got to keep it on time. Such a nerd. Speaking of nightmares. Oh. Okay, so oh my God. yeah. There is so, something so funny about you that it's, at least once a week, and this is what I told when we sold the show, something will happen that's so fucking stupid that it makes me laugh so hard. And this is why I was telling, they're asking me for quotes. Just listen to the show. This is true conversations that Leslie and I have. Okay, what's going on, Leslie? Holy shit, a lizard just ran into my pool and I saved its life. I mean, I'm like, you just, and her pool is set to 102 degrees. 104, pool, thank you. 104, 104. Thank it's you. A, basically a hot tub pool. So I'm like, oh my God, it's a big you boiled, ass bathtub. Uh, you no, boiled I didn't the lizard. boil, but check this out. What was so fucking crazy about it is that I'm like, doo, 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 you know, having a great day sitting there with my feet in the pool, smoking, and just like, woo, doo, 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 and all of a sudden I hear a big plop just, Plop, like plop, 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 and I was like, "What the fuck? What the fuck just jumped in my pool?" And I looked down there. The lizards literally, like you could see, like a drowning child. Like this motherfucker was like, bro, bro, bro. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> so I jump up, I grab the net, and I go to <laughs> to the end because I'm thinking if I stick the net out, he's gonna he's gonna be agile and jump on the net. But I think right. he had been fighting too long because he did the whole drown plunge. Oh, you know, no. when, when they give up yep. and they just go. Blip, 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 blip. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. No, you're not going to give up in my pool, motherfucker. <laughs> so I scooped the net under. And I'm yelling at this motherfucker the whole time. I'm trying to save your motherfucking life. Fucking jump on the net. So then I take the net and I scoop it under him, right? And I, yeah. jump, I pop him out the pool. So I know I saved him enough time. So him to get his breath, but he's stuck to the net. So I'm like, 
Okay, is he dead or is he just like, man, what the fuck is happening to my life right now? So I left the net open hoping that he would just jump off from the net and just crawl away. I went to the other end of the pool to watch him and panic, have a panic attack that I almost killed a fucking lizard in my pool because I almost didn't jump up. I almost let him drown. I'm going to be honest oh, with you. No. One second of my thing was like, okay, uh, lizard's about to die in the pool. And then I was like, I saw him fighting. I was like, oh, shit, he's a fighter. Shit. So he wasn't letting go of the net. I was like, okay, maybe the water overtook him. It is salt water. It is hot water. Maybe he's mm-hmm. dead. Because he wasn't moving at all. It was just like right. he was gripped onto the net like, Jesus, right? So maybe he was taking a moment. So I went over there with the noodle, and I'm like, <laughs> get off the net. Get off the net. So I had to shake the net. You're beating him. I'm not beating him. I'm just trying to get him <laughs> off the net. Are you alive? Are you alive? So I hit the net and he popped off and ran into the bushes. I was like, I wonder if uh, he's going to talk to me, talk about me in the village. Like, is he going to run like, to the other lizards and be like, you know, this bitch saved my life. Like, she saved my life. Saved. Like, But you, you said yesterday you think he was trying to commit suicide. I think he was trying to commit suicide, honestly, <laughs> because he ran so fast and jumped into the pool. It's like, how the fuck you don't see that big ass pool of water, uh, Mr. Lizard? How big was he? How he's big? fucking like, big. It's like an alligator size. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I don't give a fuck. If, if it's a fucking lizard and it's moving, that motherfucker's a, a species. Uh, I swear to God, cut. Lenny, if one gets in my yeah. house, I'm going to I'm gonna move. I'm going to move. <laughs> Leslie, I really want to get to this. Um, Serena Williams retired. The tw- 27-year career. 27 tennis years. Woman tennis player of all time. It's amazing that I got to see a career from, and you, you remember her from, Playing on the Linwood courts. Yep, walking through that when she was a there. little child. Yeah, walking through, walking it's crazy. through the you, park, you, walking through the park, and listen to her dad yell at her, and her sisters playing on Linwood Linwood uh, courts because it was really weird that Linwood had tennis courts because nobody <laughs> in Linwood played fucking tennis. And but, you wrote a piece for the Guardian as well. Yeah, right? yeah. Because what yeah. I just realized is that we watched her. Me and you. I mean, we old. Like we watched yeah. her start a career and yeah. And round it up. Isn't that crazy? Like 20, I was young 20, when she started. Yeah, 27. <laughs> like, take 27 away yeah. from, like, when she started. 1995. Oh, my God. Yes. I was on my bullshit in 1995. For real, though. <laughs> I was on some real fuckery on ni- 1995, son? Serena, go back. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> She's great. God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Okay, um, <laughs> fuck. I was 28 when she started her career, and trust me, I was on some fuck shit. Uh, wow. She's amazing. She's fucking She's amazing. amazing. How crazy is it that the person that it's sat crazy. and watched her when they were a kid, and then they're, now they're playing her, and they actually beat her? That's that's got to be yeah. surreal. I mean, I I if I was surreal. that girl, I mean, I think first of all, I think she was a writer by fucking still beating her with all those fucking people. In that arena, yelling for Serena, and she still beat her. I would have went home, and I just would have cried for an hour. I would have cried like real fucking tears for a fucking hour, because I'd have been like, "God damn it!" That's that's like that's like being introduced by Richard Pryor, and then Pryor comes out and said, "That's one of the funniest motherfuckers I've ever seen." You're gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. It's. I mean, people were crying. They were sad to see her go because it's their whole lives. I mean, yeah. their whole. They're, and she they're just watching. looks it's so like when, good doing it, right? She's she's Serena. This Serena. just you don't need. She doesn't when you don't need a last name anymore. Yeah, yeah. you're iconic. It's yeah. just simple as that. Just just um, incredible. 
speaking of great things, so you went to the comedy store. We talked about this on the show, like at the, one of the early shows with Owen. about with Owen. That's right, repaying yeah. these comedy store debts. And I was like, why don't you just go back and pay everybody? Yeah. Did? And you did. You went back and you yeah. gave everybody champagne and some money. And some money. And they they really loved it. Yeah, right? they they, they appreciate it. Well, what I was tripping on is that I didn't. You know how you don't think about Owen people. I don't know why I was like, oh, I don't know why I haven't paid these people back. I have the money. I don't know why I was just like, oh, well, these people are going to just be okay with a debt. I don't know why I did that, but I did. I went on and paid and they were very, I don't know if they were shocked or I, it just, it's, I don't know. Like if I really wanted my fucking money back, I would go and be like, yo, dude, you owe me money. (laughs) Like, yeah. But But I mean, these people have gone on to be successful as well. They don't need the money anymore themselves, but you giving it back to them is just like, gotta be like, oh, you know, that it's integrity. I love that shit. Guess, what do you mean? I People guess. should be like that. It's right. one of my big I things. I mean, I guess. I, guess. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I just didn't think a big deal of it. Yeah, there's a million reasons I love you. And one, another reason, not only integrity and stuff like that, because you really, you have such a great heart. And then also, like, here's they're, something that I would. You're killing you me too. Ask, I have an heart attack. <laughs> my weekend, yes, Leslie, please. was. Uh, I need to know I about went this. to the American <laughs> Dream Mall. <laughs> <laughs> The we fact, gotta kill. Oh my God! Please tell me somebody took pictures because I know that was the most miserable oh, time <laughs> that you have ever had in your life. It's so it costs so much money to do anything with a child, and we they have Legoland. If I wish you could see my face in Legoland, if I could have built a, a jail cell <laughs> for myself and just put the last piece in, said just come and get me when she's sixteen, I would have. I mean, Legoland is just. Come on, man. She and she hated it, and it's like eighty dollars a ticket. You know, it's Ooh, crazy. Eighty dollars for a child. Looking, by the Did way, you tell that bitch, hey, oh yeah, this is a what? Yeah, right. It's funny when you go in the mall. They have these like little um, animals, but they're like electric. They're like a little electric animal. You little toy cars almost. Like you get on it, you hit a button, and the thing will ride. And so I go with Birdie. She's in front of me, and she's holding the buttons down, and she's. And then I just let go. She's driving the whole thing. It's the cutest thing. I'm trying to get the video for us. Oh. So she's, it's the cutest thing you've ever seen, right? That's 10 bucks for 10 minutes, okay? That was worth every penny. Okay. She drove the thing. She's okay. almost hitting people. I'm screaming. We're having, a, I'm crying. I'm laughing. She hit the wall oh my in the God. mall. That's it was, so we're fun. waving at the Wetzel's pretzels guy. Oh it was God. crazy guy. That right? sounds fun. That, it was fun. 10 bucks. The whole day should have cost me 10 fucking dollars, yeah. right? But now we go to the $80 aquarium legoland and she's looking at the fish going uh where are the sharks yeah like like <laughs> yeah, ain't nobody sh- eating it. Uh, these like, kids are different they want to see sharks eat other fish yeah they want to see i don't know what they want to see i never I don't, liked I the aquarium because it stank like a motherfucker every time my mom would be like let's go do no why i no i didn't understand that shit at all uh, i didn't under- animals no uh, I'm way better at like, oh, look, that one's yellow. You know, when I was a kid, I'd be like, you're not ta- I'm not going there. Uh, no, no, exactly. I would be like, absolutely not. Do you not smell that shit? What about the zoo? Would no. Same thing. I, it stinks. The zoo stinks. It the fucking stinks. stinks. There's nothing. And, yeah. and I'm a kid. I'm like, this is, I'm from a farm. You motherfuckers pay to smell shit? <laughs> like, we used to like cry when we had to go feed the pigs or, or feed the hogs or the chickens and shit. <laughs> That shit was funky as fuck. So you telling me they charging motherfuckers to go and smell animal shit? I'm sick of this world. I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of this shit. Me and my Aunt Winnie could have made a gang of fucking money. We could have sold tickets to our farm. 
And they do. They do this. This is the new racket. You can buy tickets to a farm and you take the kids and you smell we shit. And ma- you, they oh, man, you we would have made so uh, much. They could have chased the chickens. They could have did all kinds. We, that's why I just don't get the zoo shit. Well, all right. We're done catching up. Fucking We zoo. got animals to interview. So when we come back, we will have Greg Fitzsimmons. Stay with us. Welcome back to the show. We are now in our interview segment. <laughs> Who the fuck is this? And this is where we welcome and interview our special guest yes. on the show. And today, he's an amazing stand-up comedian, an Emmy Award-winning writer, and the host of Fitz Dog Radio and Sunday Papers podcast. He will be in Lowell, Arkansas, September 16th to 17th, the Den Theater in Chicago, October 15th, New Orleans and Lafayette in October. And you can get tickets at FitzDog.com. Please welcome Greg Fitzsimmons. Yes, let's go. Let me tell you something. I've been doing a podcast (laughs) for about 13 years. Here's how it works. You buy a recorder for $400, a couple of mics, you move your fucking, you move your lawnmower in your garage, you set up a couple chairs, you invite a friend over and you do it. I get to uh, I get to the scene. You think Lenny had a hard time getting into New York? I show up in L.A. They got an iPad on a stand and a guy yeah. in a mask, and I go, I'm here to, for, for Leslie's show. And he just points at the iPad. Doesn't say a word to me. It's, we're, like, we're in like the year 2088. And he's just like, and it's and there's no way to sign in. Nobody will talk to me. Really? It's fucking, Sirius XM is insane. And I had a show on this network for 10 years. Wow. Well, I just walk right in. I don't know. Well, yeah. well, how does he look compared to me, Leslie? You're a Am star. I more innocent? You're a star. Does he look? Nah, yeah. Nah, oh, I don't know. Greg just looked like somebody that just works here. Like, yeah. just works. Not, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know what specific job. He just, you like know. Like crawling he's... out from under the uh, nah, soundboard? Just, nah, you just work something. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Something. You got a nine to five. Right. You, you were responsible. That's right. Now, Greg. This story, she tells it on stage when I'm out there. She's told me the story in private. It's the best. I was on tour with Cat Williams. Now, listen, you how need long to did you understand. Tour? How long did you tour with him? Six months. Yeah. We toured six months. But the first gig, he gave me a, a bad check. Yeah. He gave me a bad check. So I was just like, I'm not fucking dealing with no more checks from you motherfuckers. Y'all got to uh, pay me in cash. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. But I didn't know that the real part of this tour had started with Live Nation coming on. So I was just like making them pay me in cash. Yeah. And I had- After each show. After each show, and we would do like two to three shows a night, and I was getting paid 1500 a show. <laughs> After each show, guy. their motherfuckers had to go find cash to pay me. Everybody else getting paid a check, but they had to yeah. go find cash yeah. to pay me because I was like, I don't take no motherfucking checks. So to carry all this cash, because there's no Well Fargo just, you know, around, you know? There's no just Well Fargo just out there acting like it's ready for me to bring the fucking money. So I would have to keep it until I could find a Wells Fargo. So it would get up to like thirty, forty thousand dollars. <laughs> and the, I had a bank bag. And this is what I thought. I thought it was safe because I had a bank bag that they gave me at the bank. It was a bank bag that said Wells Fargo and it had a lock on it. So I was like, I'm fucking great. Yeah. I'm great. Right. I'm fucking great. I'm carrying like up to eighty, seventy thousand dollars on me, and I would walk into Wells Fargo, and I would hand. No, but him- first of all, first of all, 
This is Live Nation. This is the serious XM of touring companies. The most corporate. They have they haven't handled cash since 1978. They handled the Rolling Stones. They handled Bette Midler. I told Greg, I said, I said, Greg, because I would go into the bank and I would like try to deposit this money and they'd be like, yo, bitches, you selling dope? The fuck? You, you can't just come in here with 70000 It's like, wait a minute. No, I'm a comedian. No, how the fuck we know that you're a fucking comedian, bitch? You just deposit 80000 We got to report this. We got to yeah, report this. Right. So I was like, report it, motherfuckers. I don't give a shit. Right? So I tell Greg, I got audited and everything. It was awful. So I, Greg, I see Greg at the Long Beach Laugh Factory. And I'm telling him about it. And he was like, wait a minute, bitch. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Every show you got cash? I was like, yeah. He was like, what the fuck? Wait a minute. I was like, and I told him, he was like, listen, fucking granny. He called me granny from Beverly Hillbillies. He said, you fucking hillbilly. He was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would the fuck would you carry 87? I was like, well, you know. I was like, I wasn't going to take no check, Greg. You know, I'm trying to be tough. I'm not going to take no check. He was like, motherfucker, don't nobody give a fuck about your $1,500? They paid a fucking Rolling Stones. You think they give a shit about your $1,500 check? <laughs> She's, she shows up into the bank. She's pulling. It's wet from being in her bra. <laughs> Wads of 20s dripping with fucking Leslie's sweat. <laughs> Oh my you better God. be fucking right, goddammit, because I'm like, give him my, as soon as they give it to me, too, I was just like a sweaty blue singer. Take that shit and put it right in my fucking bra. Goddammit, and y'all better have my money tomorrow night. Yeah, what was that movie that Cat we did? Cat Williams is going, damn, Lizzie, Lizzie's tits are getting bigger on this tour, huh? <laughs> he wasn't much smarter with money. This motherfucker wasn't much smarter. Uh, oh, my God, just carrying oh around money God. like we Crazy but folks. you are you're the you're the Beverly Hillbillies. I'm just trying to picture you're telling this story about the lizard. And I look, here's the thing the people people that don't live in LA don't understand. Nobody lives in Beverly Hills. Nobody? It is such an antiquated really? vision of what you do when you become a millionaire. Are you serious? Nobody Persians. Are you fucking fucking Persians move to Beverly I Hills. I have so many white neighbors, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. It's white motherfuckers yeah. around me, okay? Yeah, you you're sorry, you're, you're, you're over there fighting with a lizard. And meanwhile, the guy next door, he bought that house with royalties from like your ancestors' blues <laughs> blues writings. They ripped off all of your relatives. <laughs> uh, she bought it back. You think, oh, they're cool. They're cool. They play some old black music. Yeah, they own that black music. <laughs> <laughs> it's like meanwhile you fucking buy the house with a commercial money these motherfuckers then fucking bought a house off the back of your daddy oh my god motherfucker that is fucking <laughs> well Greg where does oh one live god. now if you're oh super my god. rich oh you know you Ooh. go you go to uh Malibu. you go up to I guess uh I guess the, where the you live at motherfucker Venice Beach yeah. bitch <laughs> <laughs> He's working out on the beach with all the muscle I don't want to fucking live by the beach. It stink. It doesn't stink. It does. After no. a while, you smell. Everything smells mildew. That's not, not like that on the West Coast. That's the East Coast. I'm, no, no. I, I rented a house on Venice, Venice Beach in Venice Beach, and all I could smell was mildewed wood. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, don't live so close to the water. <laughs> I live about a mile from the beach. It's beautiful. All my neighbors are nice. Everybody's my got neighbors dogs. Are nice too. 
You don't talk to your neighbors. At all. And I wish they would. I wish they would. I wish they would come the fuck over my house trying to talk to me. Get your motherfucking ass behind yeah. the gate. Yeah, do you have a gate I, I with wait. a code, Greg? I think, I think, I wait. I think my neighbor came over to give me a package once, and I looked at him so fucking suspicious. That motherfucker never came in my house again. Sniper Why on the, the roof. Why the fuck did you move to Beverly Hills? <laughs> Let me tell you. I got here What and- is this, 1930? No. That house is Fucking when you come and see it, Greg, Gorgeous. you go, it's so dope. I promise to goodness, when I came here, I was just like, I want a house. Just give me a house. I don't give a fuck. Give me a house. I don't want to live in the valley. That's that's I cause I right. lived in the valley the whole time I lived in LA. And I was like, I don't want to live in the valley. Fucking give me a house. And I got money. Fucking give me a house. So they were showing every house they showed me, I was like, Yeah, get that one. And they was like, No, you you gotta like it. You gotta want to yeah. live here and shit. So Eric LaSalle. I went to Eric LaSalle's house to see, because he had gutted out a house and remade, and it was beautiful. It made me realize, oh, I can get a house and make it my own. Right. So while we were looking for a house like that, this house was on the list, but we had never went and saw it because the listing looked boring. Yeah. Man, as soon as we rolled into them gates, I was like, oh, shit, these gates open? Like, this, that's dope. Like, And it was a fucking... <laughs> yeah. The garage? I was like, shit, yeah. a garage. And you know, I fucking love me a garage. Right. Now. Let me tell you something. That's like an extra home. Oh, was, yeah. It's an extra home. Yeah. So um, You don't have to wash your man, car every three days. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. the car got a room. Like, mm-hmm. And sometimes I just sit in the car, <laughs> yeah. in the garage, and smoke. Now, I try not to have a car on. They say that's a problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're sad, it's not. If you're sad, it's an answer. <laughs> Greg, do you know who sold to that house, Greg? Oh, oh shit. You know, Bernadette Pauly. No. You yes. know Bernadette? No shit. Yeah, Aldi Sharm's yeah, wife. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. She they go is way back. awesome. Oh, she's amazing. She is amazing. Yeah, she great. found me my home, and, and I just... It's got a pool. Now, if I got a pool, you literally have to sign a waiver when you come to my house. Because if you pee in my pool, that means you pee in my life. Get the fuck okay, out. Right. Get the fuck out. Right. You'll never be invited to my yeah, house Yeah, but at again. 104, I think your bowels you... just release automatically. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you have a choice. <laughs> He's not wrong. Oh All right, God, listen. Jesus I got Christ. So not only Bernadette Pauly goes way back with Greg to the Boston scene, but really? so does Tom Cotter and you Carrie Louise. Yeah. I don't know none know, of that sound like white, whitest they of are the white. white. He is. It well, doesn't get any whiter than Tom Cotter. But listen, and his wife's great, and they're they're a great, funny couple. And she told me a story this week because I was helping her with some other project she's doing. And Who, Carrie? She told me a story. Yeah, Carrie. And then Tom stuck his head and goes, ask him, ask Greg about a brawl. He started involving donuts <gasps> oh, back in the day. You right. started a brawl about donuts? I didn't donut. start the brawl. Uh, uh, <laughs> see, the fact that he said it like that yeah. means he well, started the brawl. I want him to tell Please it. tell me. Well, I was, I was on stage uh, at this place. When, when I started, in. this would have been in like 1993 in Ooh. Boston. Ooh. I was just starting out. Ooh. And me yeah. and Aldi Charm and Tom Cotter, we used to do these hell gigs. And the thing back then was comedy was so hot. All these, all these fucking slippery agents, they would go to Chinese restaurants because they always had a banquet room in the back that they weren't using. You know, there's always a banquet room in a Chinese restaurant. And they would say, and they'd say, it's comedy now. Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, whatever night they had free, they put out a sign that said comedy. 
They'd sell tickets and they could sell it out. No shit. Yeah. That wasn't a ding ho, was it? No, That's this was the Aku Aku in Worcester. Jesus <laughs> wept. I, did, I didn't do this circuit. So, <laughs> so people would show up, and this is Worcester, so it's just a bunch of unemployed. It's like a post post industrial wasteland. Like the factories are closed, <laughs> everyone's on welfare, and they just go to this Polynesian restaurant and they drink booze. You know how you get a bowl of booze yep. in a Polynesian restaurant yeah. and you're supposed to share it with like four people? Yeah, but they drink about themselves. They drink about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Those are the worst, best audiences ever. Oh my God. Each one uh, had their own bowl and they'd sit there. And I get on stage, and uh, and so across the street was a place called Cheapies Donuts, which you got to think. <laughs> if you're in the market for donuts. Cheapies sounds like the place to be, That's right? the place, it's, right? It's probably so I'm good. Not, I, wanna, I don't want to spend 50 cents on a donut. I want to spend 40 cents on a donut. <laughs> so I buy a dozen donuts for the Friday Night Late Show because I know it's going to be fucking chaos. And I know that if I have treats, I can calm the audience down like they're children. So I get Aww. a dozen donuts. <laughs> I go on stage, and a woman in the front row passes out during the show. So as a joke, I take a chocolate-covered donut, and I put it on her knee, and everybody laughs, and I forget about it, and we move on with the show. And then I had this bit where I was reading a Father's Day card, but it was a deadbeat Father's Day card. And so I start reading it, and this guy yells out, Hey, I'm a deadbeat dad, and I resent that joke. And this guy behind him goes, Hey, sit down, asshole. Well, now there's like eight guys on eight guys and they can recognize their own gang because they each are in their 40s and still wearing their high school football jackets. Oh, shit. And they start fighting each oh, other. Oh, man. And they got an accordion door. You know those accordion doors? And they're fighting. They break through the accordion door. No. They knock the tables over. They call the police. And they and I'm narrating the fight like I'm Howard Cosell. Oh, I'm like, God. oh, and he hits him with the left. Watch out. He's got the wooden bowl. And, and, and so the fight goes on for so long that it's still happening when the police arrive like seven minutes later. And and so everybody's going fucking crazy. The girl in the front row stays passed out throughout the entire fight. I keep checking on her. I go, still asleep. And now he hits him on the left. And so they finally the cops come. Oh they arrest God. all these Is guys. people laughing? People are, are fucking dying. dying. And so the cops arrest a bunch of people. Everybody else gets thrown out. The girl in the front row uh, wakes up. <laughs> and she sees that she has a donut on her knee. And somebody tells her that I put the donut there. So she gets up woozy drunk and takes the donut, walks on stage, and slams it into my dick. Hits me in the balls with a chocolate donut. <laughs> So then she sits down and everybody people laughs so dying. hard. People are dying. She <laughs> starts dying, laughs so hard, she throws up on the stage. Vomits <laughs> on the stage. And did you go, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Fitzsimmons. I made it through the fight. I did not make it through the vomit. I said, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'd have been Audi. like, thank you very much. <laughs> the <laughs> fuck out of here with donut on my dick. <laughs> Oh, and chocolate on my dick. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know if Lenny, I think if I've been in, bro, I think uh. every comic has experienced, bro, I've experienced more than one. Have you? Oh my God. Um, I'm a black comic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, Harlem at the Autobahn. Uh, you remember uh, Gerald Kelly? J.R. Kelly? Gerald Kelly. No. The Gerald comedian Gerald yeah, Kelly? No. Okay. Uh, you remember um, who's um, Angelo Lazaro? Yeah. Okay. Angel, Lizardo, yeah. Yeah. He used to have a room at the Autobahn. Okay. And it was a crazy Puerto Rican crowd. And they're drunk as fuck. 
and like one that already pulled their dick out on me, you know, doing my set. And I'm like, oh, man, thanks for showing me your Puerto Rican dick. It's not as big as I thought it was going to be because you guys are half Spanish, half black. I thought at least you'd meet in the middle. But obviously, and it was so funny, him trying to tuck his dick back in. Yeah. After I, I talked, it was just awful. It's just yeah. so awful, sir. Do, do you pull that out on women? Like, you know, it yeah. was so, I calmed them down because yeah. they were laughing so hard at that boy getting talked about. Right. They were really calm and happy. Gerald Kelly comes on the stage and says something and one bottle flew. I swear to God, it was like color purple and I was under the table like Sealy. <laughs> I literally was <laughs> under the table. I was under the table like, I want to see. I want to see. <laughs> Angelo Lazara had to come in there and grab me. He said, come on, you gonna get killed. I was like, I want to see though. I want to see. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I've been in so many fucking brawl fights, man. Oh, just shit. doing riddles, just doing black rooms, oh, period, man. son. I didn't have people Greg, fight before I walked Greg, on when stage. Were you in the, when were you in New York, Greg? What were the years you were in New York? Yeah. Uh, 91 through 2000. Okay, so you remember the beginning of the cellar? Like there was that guy, there was that cook. Hassan. That's the beginning of the cellar. In that, well, like the the beginning of the well, the, the comeback of, of the, the cellar. cellar. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Back of the cellar. Where did the cellar? When did this start? Oh, like probably back in the eighties. Seven, right? yeah. Like was Essie running early eighties? No, no, I it was think a guy Manny. named Bill Grunfest. Oh, it was a guy named Bill right. Grunfest. Oh, you know, I used to go to the cellar when I was a teenager in New York. I used to go to the comedy cellar when I was like 15 years old. And it was 16 just, years it old. was always like the way it was. It was Bill Grunfest on stage. And you know who he used to co host with was, um, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Plays piano, Rick Crum. Yeah, Rick Crum. Yep. Him and oh. Rick Crum used to do musical comedy together on stage. No shit. And we used to heckle, and I used to go down there, I was a fucking, why we used to do blow and heckle the comedians. <laughs> and I was heckling Jerry Seinfeld, Paul Reiser. Yeah. Really? Fuck yeah! No shit. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love it. Yeah. Oh my Are, do God. you know them now? Nope. Oh, I was going to say, if you know them, would was you tell them that you... I know Paul Reiser enough that I could probably tell him now. Yeah, I, please. Yeah. That I would be the conversation. Jerry. I would. Yeah, 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 I would. Was I Jerry, would tell Jerry. Yeah, like, Jerry would Jerry, yeah. Yeah. Jerry would be like, yeah. are you the fucking yeah, asshole? Yeah, 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 like, right. That would be fucking hilarious. Right. <laughs> that would be the, <laughs> I want to be there for that interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That is funny. How did funny. Seinfeld respond to that? Like, yeah, was did Seinfeld he ever like, answer hey, He was good. No, he would fucking hammer us. He would destroy us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went. We would we would go home and we would talk about which comedian was funnier shitting on us. Like we didn't right. think that we were gonna win. We just right. wanted to. We I we, was the asshole was, who you, thought I was, was helping. helping them. I really was. Everybody need to understand that's how most comics start their fucking career. Yeah, a lot of comics yep. start by being that motherfucker in the audience yeah. that thought he was helping the comic. Yeah. Oh, I love destroying motherfuckers like y'all. Yeah. Oh, I love... <laughs> I remember once Rick Crow oh. was doing a show and he would play uh, the Brady Bunch theme song. He played a lot of the TV show theme songs and then he would do jokes about them. And he goes, uh, Gilligan's Island, he played. He goes, how did the how did the, uh, the skipper get so fat on Gilligan's Island? What was he eating? And I go, ginger. And I fucking <laughs> killed. I killed. I was 15 years old. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and I remember he did something That's he did something that, hilarious. that I remember to this day I he taught me something that if you're the comic and the audience scores a good laugh tip your hat Let give him, him the fucking laugh don't yeah. try to top him right because you may not be able to top him and then you lose your power right you go good. that's a good one and then you move on <laughs> yeah. yeah that's yeah. 
that and that's something you I learned too. Right. There's yeah. like, yeah, when you just like when someone rips in front of you, yeah, come out and give love to them so right. they can give love to them and be like, now you're here though. Yep. Yeah. Tony Woods taught me that. Tony Woods. Tony is the Woods. He's like, I'm. He would come on stage after me. He'd go, give it up for that girl, cause I ain't finna do none of that shit. I'm about to sit right here on the, <laughs> her fucking ass is tired. Look how she was sweating when she left that motherfucker. Like it's it's it, like it's yeah. so good. And then right. everybody's like, okay, well, what are you talking right, about? Right, right, right. It, it's damn. That well, is Greg, so you've seen, funny, Greg. Yeah. The way I want to end the segment, you've seen th- all three and comedy scenes. You're in the <laughs> boom. Throw me out of here. I stood at security. Wait, no, no, we want I you to stay. I security for the longer than I'm sitting in the studio. We want you to stay, no, no, you stay. You stay in the next segment. Me, I had to give my fucking email address, my <laughs> phone number. I just, they took a we photo of me. I'm in the database of SiriusXM so I can sit here for seven minutes. Listen, <laughs> I'm trying to give you props. You're the only guy that was in all three huge scenes in comedy history, immersed in the Boston scene when it was flying came to new york was in the middle of that huge scene and then when it when the seller took off and then you now you're in la so explain the difference between all three scenes and tell me which one well, was your the boston scene is uncanny and somebody should do a documentary about the the years that i started in boston which was like eight, i was in college so i started in like 80 89 when i but was wait a minute BU. they did when stand-up stood out right yeah or but that was it, that was just before that that was like the 70s okay. and 80s somebody needs to do like the 90s because at that time it was and these are all un, unknown comics N- nobody was making a living and it was it was louis ck it was mark Marin, it was bill burr it was patrice o'neill it was dane cook it was from uh, boston yeah all out of boston at the same time bobby no kelly shit yep it um, was fucking. That is a threatening Al. lineup right yeah. there. And and uh, and and it was like and I hate to say it, there was not other than Patrice, there was very few black comics and there was very few female comics. It was it was very Irish, Irish and, and Italian. It was very fucking fucks. Boston's a racist place. Fucking bastards. It is. Fucking. <laughs> I would have been the bitch that broke through though. Would've, I would have been you put my foot so, in ass. No, because aggressive comics worked up there. Oh my you would have kicked ass. I would have fu- yeah. what? I was oh my god. You were from New York, you went to college up there, then you can't you stayed in that scene and it died, so you came to New York. Is that why? Um yeah. no, I kind of transitioned from uh I wanted to go to acting school. So I, I, I was in Boston and uh I was making I was making a living, which was amazing. I would like basically graduated college. I'd been doing stand-up while I was in school, and so I was, like, making a living okay. instantly and doing these Chinese restaurants and shit gigs. But they were good gigs. Like, yeah. it was still a couple hundred people that really wanted to laugh. So right. all these guys, the reason why so many people came out of Boston is we we had so much confidence from being in front of good crowds seven nights a week. It wasn't like, I'm sure, starting out in L.A., you're you're going in front of fucking twelve people at one o'clock in the morning. I, well, and... when I when we when I started, it, they there was clubs, there but was. we but we didn't get to do a lot of white clubs, right? But we, you know, we had the Comedy West, we had the uh, the uh, Mavericks Flat, we had uh, Mixed Nuts, yeah, we had the spots like that. Pico. That yeah, that would have people in there. I mean, at the time when I was coming up, it was great crowds. Yeah, right. But right. it was just I was just doing black clubs. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't doing the comedy store. Yeah. That was just like a dream to get to do the comedy store and yeah. the Laugh Factory and shit. So I started coming down to New York, and I would. I split my time. I was like, I would. I would finish my gig on Saturday night in whatever part of New England I was in, and I would drive to New York City, and I would sleep on couches, and I would stay there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then I would go back to Boston where I rented an apartment, and I'd make my money, and then I go back to New York. And I mean, when I went to New York, it you was to money. go to the strip. I didn't make any money in New York. You didn't make no money. 
in no, New no, York. No, no, oh, no. No, New we... York was just getting my foot in the door at the no, clubs. See, that that's so crazy because with white comics, y'all didn't make money like like black if we made mo- I made so much money in New York when yeah. I came to New York really? it was like we was getting $75 a spot cause like in some places 100 125 yeah. I remember getting my first I remember the dude handing me $100 and I walked up to Dean Edwards and was like dude this motherfucker just gave me $100 I think he made a mistake let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> and he was like why are you always trying to be that person like you getting paid for your comedy you ain't gotta be like that like <laughs> <laughs> he just gave me a hundred bucks. Let's roll. Let's roll. Let's, let's roll. Now, let's get the fuck out of here. Cause let's, let's get the fuck. No, you know, I, you know, before I won this big contest that really got me started booking in LA, I mean, in, uh, in New York, I was going to rob this dude. We was, uh, you remember, uh, uh, you remember Bob Sumner yeah. and they had the, uh, Def Jam contest. Yep. Rich Voss won the first one. No shit. Yes. Yeah. One the white dude won the first one. Damn. You cannot tell me how bad mother motherfuckers wanted to tear <laughs> wanted to tear fucking Caroline's up. Yeah. But what happened was nobody really came for that contest because they was like, yeah, Def Jam, whatever, we already did it. So no real I was in it. I think it was another other good comic in there, but Rich Voss was another comic that they saw a black crowd saw doing a black crowd yeah. and was in you know, the yeah. novelty of it. Yeah. You know the novelty of it. So he won. So everybody was like, oh, we're going to tear this. So all the comedians is like, oh. So Bob Sumner was like, we're going to have a second one in, in at the uh, Peppermint Lounge. Uh-huh. And all the comedians was like, oh, no, we finna go to fucking do it. So everybody was in that contest. Tony Roberts, J.B. Smooth, um, uh, Todd Lynn, Dean. There was so many big headliners. Greer Barnes. All the, all, yeah. I don't know if Greer was there. I, Greer was a white. He never really did black rooms. Oh, okay. He did all white rooms. So... I think I was the only girl on that on that thing, and I was number thirteen. So I was like, "There's no way," I'm, and I needed the money for rent. Yeah. I mean, like when I left my apartment, my Rastafarian roommate, which they were very cool, they were just like, "Yo, we waited a long time. Like, you know, we gotta get this rent paid." So, you know, <laughs> and I was like, "I'm hoping I win this contest tonight, man." And they're going great, and they, yeah, they really are positive. Yeah. They was like, "Oh, John loves," you know. <laughs> 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 Rastafari, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, okay, I hope okay, that motherfucker's there at the fucking I'm gonna contest. I'm going to win this contest. Yeah. I'm going to grab a bar of soap for you guys exactly. on the way home. <laughs> See, you fucked up for that. They take baths, <laughs> goddammit. Don't do no oh, Rastas like okay. that. But, um, <laughs> so I'm sitting in the back. I'm like, I'm number 13. These big headliners are going to go up. I, there's no way I'm going to win this contest. So, I went back to my old ways, and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to rob one of these dudes. Because, I mean, we, that's what we used to do back in the day. Just, okay, I'm, I'm confessing some shit. But we used to, like, you know, you can't do nothing with your pants down. Let's just say that. I'll just end that with that. right? You can't you can't do much with your pants down. Okay. You you really can't. I but get it. just give me your money. So uh, I was, like, I was scoping, trying to, you know, figure out who I was going to do it to. You know what I mean? Just short Africans <laughs> are really easy, right? Yeah. So I was looking at this one dude, and... I, what I wasn't noticing was people were bombing because the room was filled with women. So oh, Tony Roberts went up, shit. and uh, you know Tony Roberts, yeah. right? So he has this joke about his big dick. He was like, I blocked the bullets with my big dick. Them bitches was in the audience like, really? Yeah. Did you block it, motherfucker? Uh-huh. Like like turning their back on a J.B. Smooth bomb. <laughs> Fucking bomb. These motherfuckers are bombing. Like, And, and J.B. Wow. Smooth, I had never seen J.B. Smooth bomb ever. Yeah. And he bombed. So here come talent, 
when I'm sitting in the back, he was like, are you paying attention? And I was like, nah, I'm looking for a dude. I'm going to fucking rob him. Like, he was like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, what? I was like, I need rent. I'm finna rob one of these dudes. And he was like, hey, Tupac, come here. He was like, what the fuck? He was like, you're a fucking comic. You're not a goddamn, what the fuck? I was like, you don't know me. Yeah, I do know you. I know that you're a fucking comic. I'm putting your ass up next. He was like, are you paying attention to the room? It's all women. Yeah. So I looked out and I'm seeing these women are not laughing. Ty Lynn gets up and Ty Lynn has some female material. So you can see them responding to uh -huh. that. So I was like, oh, okay. Man, I did my first joke. And when I say the roar yeah. of the crowd was something I had never, it was like a roar, like a continuous roar. Them bitches was going crazy. They started throwing money. On no, the stage, shit. they started throwing money on the stage, and I'm ripping. I'm ripping. I come off the stage. Tony <laughs> Roberts grabbed me. He was like, "Fuck, you just ripped this motherfucker." They gave me the five hundred dollars because that's what the prize was. Plus, I know you took the money on the All stage. All that too. money? Are you kidding me? They yeah. was dying because every time they would throw something, I was like, and then and then I, I remember looking at the audience, going, "Is this how strippers feel?" Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, oh and then and it continued I, after the show. They were just coming up to me, giving me money. They was yeah. like, "We want you to fucking succeed. If you got to be in the class with all these men, you fucking killing it." And I, I, which I did had a great set. Yeah, but I was just like, "They give you five hundred cash." They gave me five hundred cash. Nice. So I walked home. I walk into the to the uh, to the apartment because you know Rastafari all night long. They smoking yeah. and shit. And I walked in the room, I had the jacket on and had a handful of fucking money. And I was like, motherfucker, I won. Man, weed went everywhere. It yeah. was, oh, it, was awesome. it was so, oh. it was a great night. That's it amazing. was a great night. We went up on top of the roof. Yeah. We partied. It was just a Peppermint great Lounge, moment. Peppermint Lounge, the show was at? Peppermint, and it was the last show that they ever did at the Peppermint Lounge no because it was closing. Shit. Really? Yeah, I had never did the Peppermint Lounge. Damn, I used to go to the Peppermint Lounge. It's hard. A teenager, yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard place to perform at. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Very cool. Wow. Man, I just love comedy. Damn. I've been doing this that... since 87, so it's just mm -hmm. like yeah. so many things. Yeah, and we the... started at the same time. I was in college well, in 87 but, doing but it. But don't you think comics now don't even get to feel what, and I'm pretty sure comics before us will say the same thing about us, that they didn't get to ex we didn't get to experience what they went through. Right. But... Well, you know what they didn't experience is when you and I started, Nobody talked about if you said the word career, people would fucking laugh at you. They would they would be yeah. like Especially career. Your family. Especially what are you your family. talking about? Like you always got what's your real job? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Right. So we did it for the love of the sport. We did yep. it for those laughs. We did it because it was a dare. Every yep. night was a fucking dare to go on stage. Absolutely. And, and it was just a pure joy and the camaraderie came out Nobody of these, thought it these was a misfits. Career. So you weren't around people yeah. that fucking work for the Harvard Lampoon and they're yeah. on track to get a Simpsons job. We would literally heard beat that they their ass. Do we, anybody coming right. to the club doing that shit, we'd be like, get the fuck out yeah, of here right. with that bullshit. Yeah. Like, for the longest, I didn't know about, I used to say sketch comics were comics who couldn't do real comic I, until I went to SNL yeah. and sat at the table with fucking writers. Yeah. That really just was like, I've literally felt like a dumbass when I was sitting there between Taryn and fucking 80. Yeah. You're managing the fucking voices. Yeah. This is like, 
these motherfuckers are turning into different people in front of me. What the fuck <laughs> right. is happening? Like, this is not what I thought sketch comedy was. Mm-hmm. Uh, or either this is what it really is. Right. Does that right. make sense? Right. But, um, yeah, them motherfuckers come around. We'd be like, man, get your ass out of here, corny motherfucker. My career. Greg, did you write for SNL at all? No, I the, the closest I got was um, I submitted a package for uh, Weekend I wanted to write for Weekend Update. And so they flew when me Colin? in. Colin? No, uh, I sat down with Tina and Jimmy. And we had a oh, meeting. Wow. And, uh, and I knew Jimmy because he used to open for me on the road. I used to bring him on the road with me all the time. And uh, nicest fucking guy. And then Tina, I had met once at the, at the uh, HBO uh, Aspen. Aspen Comedy Forum. So I had met her there, and I, I. this is what a mind she has. I had met her there six years before, and I was with a group of people, and she's like, oh, yeah, you told that story. And then she retells the story better than I could. I was like, oh, you're like a savant. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so, Tina, Tina's pretty fucking amazing. So it came down yeah, to me fine. against the writing team, and they took a team because you get you get two writers. You get uh, two writers for the same fucking take? price. But I was living in L.A. at the time, God, so it would have been a team. I would have loved to have you on the update team. That would have been fun. Fuck, that man. Been yeah. fun. We, it, that would have been it fun. It literally would have been just me and you. I would have only yeah, worked with you. Yeah, right. Because I have a person that I worked on the update team, Josh Patton. I love that motherfucker. Uh-huh. When I say he's a cutter, yeah. and he showed me how to cut, yeah. like cut jokes yeah. in a way that didn't it, it hurt at first, right. but then it started feeling like I needed it. Right. Like whenever he didn't cut, I'd be like, What where's the cuts? Yeah. Like yeah. that motherfucker was good. But I know if I was with you, you understood me. Yeah. So it took me like two years to really get the update team to understand right. that you can't take my jokes and then add this bullshit that y'all add. Right. Because it's not the joke anymore. Right. You know, so the first update I did, Che literally had to stand up and go, that's not what she said. I'm taking her in this room. Tucker told him to take me in that room and write the joke word for word. And that's what we put on the cards because mm-hmm. that's what would work because they was trying to go every kind of way with it. And it's like, yeah. yo, you guys are destroying the joke. Right. So I should say the other time I got uh, I, I opened for Norm McDonald back in like 93 oof, oof. in Boston. So I opened for Norm. And uh, we do a weekend together and we just fucking fall in love. And he's like, I want you to write for Weekend Update. And okay. I was like, great. So he uh, he's with Lori Joe at the time. And Lori Joe gives me the uh, fax number because you faxed back then. Oh, shit. So I tell my friend, you know my friend Mike Gibbons? That sounds You might have met him. He probably was, did what, the show with us at some point. Yeah. Uh, when I, on my show, he used to be like my sidekick. So anyway, he's a big, uh, we went to college together. We're, we've been best friends for 30 years. And he, nice. he created Tosh.0. He created Spade's nice. last show. So I tell Mike Gibbons, and we and he's he's working at PR, and I'm struggling stand-up. And I go, Norm MacDonald asked me to write for him. We're going to do it together. So every every Wednesday night, uh, we would sit down with all the newspapers in the, no, Thursday night. All the, thir- all the magazines, all the newspapers. There was no internet back then. And we would come up with topics and we would write jokes and we'd punch them up, we'd polish them, we'd cut them, we'd do whatever. And then we, we'd get all ready. And by three o'clock in the morning, we're jacked out on caffeine, eating Chinese food. And we'd finally like, we'd, we'd put into that fax machine like we were handing the fucking, <laughs> the king his slippers, you know, just like, here are the magic joke. And we'd send them in. And then Saturday night, we'd sit in front of that TV and listen for him. And, and we'd listen would, for him. Would they be there? Didn't come out the first Never. week. We go back to second week. Okay. Work harder. Nothing. Third week. Fourth. Goes on for six weeks. Two months. And finally we went, fuck it. We suck. We're not meant to do this. We forgot about it. Cut to 20 years later. 
Mike Gibbons is now the executive producer for Norm McDonald's show, The Sports Show with Norm on Comedy Central. And he meets Norm. There were his first week of work. He goes, Norm, I just got to tell you, by the way, I wrote for you once before. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, me and Greg Fitzsimmons used to fax jokes to you when you were on Weekend Update. Every single week, we did it for two months. We never got a joke on. He goes, and Norm looks at me, he goes, Greg Fitzsimmons never faxed me a joke. He goes, I would know because I was the guy that took the jokes out of the fax machine and he never sent a joke. Lori Joe gave me the wrong fax number. Goddamn bitch. Goddamn bitch. Are you serious? So there was some guy. Some guy. Some guy going. Oh my god! Some guy's dying. Like I swear to God, he might be a comedian. He was the funniest guy in his insurance office every Friday morning. Greg Fitzsimmons has two podcasts: Fitzdog Radio and Sunday Papers Podcast. Or is that one podcast? No, there's two. Actually, I have three podcasts, and I have one called Childish, where I talk about kids with my friend Allison, who has babies. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Fitz Dog it's Radio terrible. Podcast, Sunday Papers no, Podcast, <laughs> and the one with Allison. Greg will be at Lull. Tickets at FitzDog.com. Greg, stick around for the next seven. All right. You? Great. Please. Oh, All my right. God. That's we'll be right hilarious, back. man. All right. We, <laughs> let's go into our final segment, the fuckery of the week. All right. This week. As far as white people being uh, <laughs> complaining, this is another one. It is so fucking hot out in New York City right now. But you it's always like complain 90... that it's cold. You know what? I'm all for hot. If I have to pick between, I've said this a million times, and you can weigh in on this, Leslie and Greg. If it's nine between 95 and like 22, I'll take 95 all day. No question. Okay. I When it's 22, I can't even function. It's too cold, right? And I always tell you, whatever we got to do, Leslie, make it in January, February. <laughs> whatever work we have to do, make it in January, February in L.A. Whatever you right. want me to come out there, not right? But, I mean, if you don't understand that global warming at this point is real. I mean, England, it's 102 in England. Those people don't have air conditioning. They don't even like ice. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're probably sitting there going, hey, it's quite warm out here. You know, good, <laughs> good luck, Peppa Pig, you know? There are fires all over Europe. They're literally putting out fires. Over. It's burning in L.A. because of these fires. It's crazy. It's 80 it's degrees, 85 degrees at night here. Yeah, it's costing me a small fortune in air conditioning. And my wife keeps complaining that she's sweating. And then Con Edison sends me emails that say, you could save $30 a year if you close the blinds. Like, <laughs> fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> fuck everybody. This is some crazy fuckery. $30. Yeah. Year. Thanks. I got some, yeah. I got a way to save money. Lower the fucking cost of energy. Well, okay. My fuckery of the week is, okay, so I, I should have told, I should have told Judith to pull this up, but there's a story uh, coming from Walgreens. Uh, oh, couple, yeah. A right. couple, a uh, married couple, uh, she forgot her birth control and they went to Walgreens to get some condoms. And the motherfucker behind the, the counter says, I can't sell this to you because of my faith. Now, I just want to tell y'all, this is what I tell people when I hear stories like this. I go, why don't this ever happen to me? It's never a person like me who needs to be there to handle this situation. Because <laughs> yeah. when I say I would have made that motherfucker cry, yeah. I would have made him cry, Greg. Yeah. So your faith, your faith, you fucking moron, bitch ass Punk motherfucker. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You got cigarettes behind you. Go find yeah, another yeah. fucking job. And yeah. how dare you push your beliefs? I don't 
don't give you know what's what's crazy about this church shit is that none of this is backed up in the Bible. I think I told Judith to pull up the Ten Commandments. Pull up the Ten Commandments. Let me just say this real quick. Y'all stop blaming God. God doesn't have anything to do with this bullshit human shit because God gives free will and vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Like there's a lot of verses in there that people don't pull up, but they'll pull up the shit that backs up their fucking idiocy. Yeah. So you you in a store that sells bullets that sells um 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 uh, what's what's the thing that gets y'all dick hard? Viagra. Yeah, that sell Viagra. <laughs> I said that a little too fast. You said yeah, you did say that pretty fast. Like you knew that shit. Like you was about to spell it out for me and shit. If God was to actually come back and live by these commandments, none of us, all of us, gonna burn like a motherfucker. So it's amazing to me how you push your beliefs on some on, and, and use God. God, who says I have free, you have free will. He lets you choose your salvation. He's polite. You pieces of shit are not. Y'all just making up shit. So let's look at let's let's look at the let's look at this Ten Commandments. Okay, uh, you shall what was it? You shall not yeah, have no, other, no gods. other gods before me. Oh well, let's kill all the Buddhists. Let's kill all the that like. Do you get what I'm saying? Does that include Trump, who they put ahead of their God? That is! That is, Mr. Fitzsimmons! You're damn right. Uh, Thou shall not make idols. Oh, well, American Idol, would that be? Oh, would that be? Shit. What? What? We all burning. Oh, we all gonna burn. That's millions of motherfuckers <laughs> that watch that show. You're burning. You're burning right now. Uh, you shall not take the name of the Lord, uh, God, in vain. How many times do we say, "Oh my God"? Uh, how many times do people say, "OFMG"? Yeah. How, how many times they say that? Yeah. And then people, oh, I love when atheists. People tell me they're atheists. I love when they do that. I better never hear you say, "Oh my God." I bet never hear yeah, you say that. Yeah, that's a good point. If you are atheist, yeah. you don't believe in God, so why are you saying, oh, my God, I'll punch you in your motherfucking <laughs> hypocrisy-ass face? Who do you hate more, a hyper-evangelist or a hyper-atheist? I hate them both because yeah. both of them is out of balance. Yeah, right, Does right, that make, right. make sense? Yep. Uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That's Sunday. All of us going to burn because yeah. I don't know how many times I fuck on a Sunday. Oh, Trust and believe. Yeah. I get that Sunday's dick. I get that dick on Sunday. <laughs> Sunday is the day I mark for dick. Matter of fact, because it's a day we rest. Let that dick rest in my motherfucking pussy. You're goddamn right. Right early in the morning. Right early in the morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Honor your father and your mother. Come on. Come yeah. on. How many people kill their mom? Especially white people. Y'all kill tell them me. or put them in a fucking nursing home with like a bunch of <laughs> bunch of people that don't give a shit about don't give, them. And never go fucking see them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, you shall not murder. <laughs> That's Hello, fucking pandemic. hilarious. That is yeah. hilarious. Thou, you shall not commit adultery. That includes all of us, right? Yeah. We, we, we should not commit adultery. Everybody fucking everybody. Yeah. Adultery yeah, don't mean, and then, yeah. then we don't even have the real right uh, meaning of what actual marriage is anymore, right? Right. Because marriage can be a floating thing. Like I could be married to somebody, but I don't really have the same. Like we don't even know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, you shall not steal. I stole this morning. <laughs> I literally stole this morning. I literally no, stole. I stole. Come on. This, I took somebody's what did towel. You steal? I took a towel. <laughs> I took from the gym. I took that motherfucker. You bought it home? Uh, yeah. I put it in my car. I ain't, I ain't put it back. <laughs> you said I, I stole. Okay. 
You, oh my God. <laughs> you shall not bear false witnesses against your neighbor. Uh-huh. That means you ain't supposed to be lying on motherfuckers. How many mm-hmm. times? Mm-hmm. I lie all, we lie all the time. Mm-hmm. We tell at least 100 lies a day. Right. Every day. You shall not covet. I think that's what you should not lust for. Oh, come on. Oh, we're all burning in hell. We're all going to burn in hell with barbecue sauce on the side. <laughs> you understand me? So, so while you sending out your fucking righteousness, take care of you. Because there is a verse in the Bible that says, before you go and judge someone else, take the plank of wood out your fucking eye. Can, can we just review that the title of the show has to take the you out for what? <laughs> To soften it? To soften yes. the show? Is that the one place? Yes. It's supposed to be for the F- kids. E- so they don't see fuck U-M-E. right off. Yes. So you don't yes. see fuck right off. Right. <laughs> They're the kids. That's the fuckery of the fuckery. Yep. The I- we love the kids. That's irony. We love the kids. Oh, this has been amazing. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for coming right. in. Thanks Fit, for having Greg Fitzsimmons, one more time. <laughs> Fitz so Dog stupid. Radio uh, podcast and Sunday Papers you podcast. You can't put the U in. You can't put the E in. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Remember, any photos or links to this episode will be posted at Fuckery Podcast on Instagram. That's spelled F-C-K-R-Y podcast on all platforms. Send us your listener questions or who fucked up stories to fuckrypodcast at gmail.com. Letters and voice memos are welcome. If you want to follow me, I'm at Lenny Marcus NYC on all platforms. Follow Les Dog. That's Les Dog with three G's on Twitter, four G's on Instagram, five G's on TikTok. The Fuckery with Leslie Jones and Lenny Marcus was created and stars Leslie Jones and Lenny Marcus. The show is produced by Judith Cargbo and our audio engineer is Marina, Marina. Cherry Pies. Music for this show is also done by Marina Pies. This is a Nearwolf production. We'll see you next week. Next week, motherfuckers. <laughs>